0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Dirty Giants podcast. One thing before we start, uh, there's been a few people have just asked about how they can support the podcast. So I thought um, of something that might be able to both support the podcast and help a few listeners get some new gear. So this month I wanted to raffle off a new Kennedy uh, tripod. Um, The raffle tickets can be bought on DirtyGiants.com. You can buy one for $5, three for 10 or five for 15 And I, I know not everyone has extra cash to buy a raffle ticket, so if you still want to help support the podcast, uh, just keep listening, and if you feel inclined, leave us a good review on the platform that you listen to your podcast on. Anyway, let's uh, go ahead and get started. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Dirty Giants podcast. We got Jeremy Houston, uh, Muley Photos. I'm I'm really excited to talk to Jeremy. He's not only killed just numerous big bucks, but he takes awesome pictures of some of the biggest bucks um, each fall. So I'm excited to kind of pick his brain and get to talk to him. So thanks for getting on, Jeremy. You bet. Good to be here. So, um, I I guess what I just kind of want to start maybe with some summer scouting stuff and. With it being such a drought year and with such like pretty much no water, what kind of changes in your summer scouting routine versus uh versus a normal uh water year?
1: Well, it's obviously gonna have a effect on where the deer are gonna be. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's gonna be just checking to see where the water's at wherever the water is at you're going to find some deer around there um so there might be some areas that have had water in the past that obviously isn't going to have water this year because it's man it's bad i went out this morning just for the kind of the first time to go check things out and it's
0: dry it's so dry is it pretty bad is it is this maybe one of the worst years you've seen as far as moisture yeah, I think so. I mean, like I said, I've only been out the one time. I haven't really hit a lot of
1: spots yet, but just from the spot that I hit, there's just hardly any green, any green grass. Like for the cattle, especially, it looks pretty bad.
0: Yeah, and some of the spots I've been to this year, um, the like the the places that usually hold water until mid-August are already bone dry so it's not (laughs) looking too great as far as that and kind of with drought conditions and you follow quite a few different bucks year to year what how how much does it affect antler growth in general would you say
1: a lot a ton
0: it seems like
1: uh, well Every year, if if, if you've got uh, tall grass, you know you've had a good spring, good summer moisture. The the horns seem to reflect that, and if you don't, they reflect that as well. And I've seen, and I've seen where bucks and have put on thirty, forty, fifty inches in a given year. And obviously, some of that's probably due to them hitting kind of a prime age, maybe. Yeah. But then I've seen the reverse effect for bucks. You think are look at that; they look like they're that right prime age to just blow up, and then you get a drought year, and it's like, oh man, they're, they, they're down—you know, 15 inches or 20 inches, even. Jeez,
0: that's quite a bit. So these these bucks that might be 200 inches might look more like 180, 170, oh, yeah,
1: for 70 sure. type for sure. year. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. The uh, moisture plays, in my experience and what I've seen over the years, a huge, mm-hmm. huge impact on the
0: antler growth. So with it kind of, because last year, I mean, wasn't the best water year either. And then this year is obviously bad. Do you think year to year, does it have an effect? Like so how it's two years in a row kind of now, is it going to be even worse or does it not matter that much?
1: I probably don't know the answer to that. I would say (laughs) it's probably got to affect them. Uh, I would, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not anticipating seeing a lot of 200-inch bucks this year. I'll tell you that. Yeah. In 2019, you know, everybody knows 2019 was incredible. And right. Look at all the moisture we got that winter and that spring, and the horn growth reflected that. Last year, the horn growth reflected a drought year, and I sus. I'm I'm going to suspect that this summer. Or this this year is going to be awful.
0: Really? <laughs> that's yeah. <not> good. Shoot. <laughs> so, especially probably in those desert units like the right. the Kayabab, the Strip, the you and Zion and stuff. So yeah,
1: yeah. My, I, I hope I'm I hope I'm wrong, but that's my suspicion that. I mean, two years of drought in a row can't be good, especially when you see the effects just one, one year plays. Yeah. In it. So, I know a lot of times, sorry, I was just going to say, I, I followed a handful of bucks that are there on the kaibab, and, uh-huh. and uh, relative to the moisture, they would be, good and then in 2019 there was a lot that just blew up and then last year they were they were all smaller some of the, the same bucks were just smaller
0: huh <laughs> so yeah so you've seen it firsthand with that but so mm-hmm. even with the even with the drought last year though you still you still killed a really awesome buck do you mind getting into that story a little bit like how you found him? how it all went down and everything?
1: Yeah, sure. So,
0: <clears throat> yeah, me
1: and uh, a, a cousin of mine um, who lives down in Arizona, he had uh, a bunch of points and and didn't know the Kaibab as well as I did, and we talked and were <clears throat> put in together to, to draw. Um, he had... I don't know. I think he had twelve points or so, and I had two, so we went into the draw mm-hmm. with seven points, and we we weren't a guaranteed draw, but we got lucky and we drew. So uh, that uh, gave us the opportunity to, to get out there and scout and see what we could find, and and in scouting out there, the buck that I got, we had actually never seen him before the hunt. Oh, We'd really. Yeah, we actually had never seen him. Um, We'd seen him, or not him, we'd seen several other bucks in the area where we were hunting, where we ended up turning him up. And uh, one was just a good, slick-looking typical that was probably, he was, you know, 32, 33 inches wide, probably 100-inch mark, just a beautiful, beautiful buck. And then there was another probably high 190s typical in the area um so what we had done um uh, Houston is my cousin's name so uh we had uh we'd set up some tree stands in some areas where we figured the bucks would get pressured during opening day
0: Uh uh-huh and
1: we uh you know what? I have to back up. We actually, Houston actually videoed, if I remember correctly, he actually videoed the buck that I got the afternoon before opening day.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So and that was uh the first. Yep, yep. And it was kind of, kind of in the general area of where we had our tree stand set up. Um. Yeah, I hope I'm remembering this right. Like I said, when you get old, you forget things. (laughs) It happens. Anyways, anyways, so opening day, we we hunted, and uh, we were sitting in our tree stands, and Houston actually had a group of bucks come right underneath him at 15 yards, and he he smoked a really good three-by-really tall, good-looking three-point opening morning. And... uh, he was kind of he was kind of bummed about it because there was a bigger buck in the group with him, and they came they went in behind some trees, and the big buck was in the lead. And as you've heard the story before, they kind of switched in the trees, and he pulled back and was ready to shoot the first buck that came out. And
0: oh, somehow yeah.
1: that big one switched up with this other, and it's still a still a dang nice buck that he got. They switched, and he smoked him to like fifteen yards out of his tree stand.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so he he was he was pretty bummed because he he really wanted to get get uh a bigger bug in fact after he'd seen that buck that i got uh that the previous afternoon he was real excited about hunting something with some extra points and a non-typical you know
0: yeah yeah because the other bucks he had were
1: big typical yeah yeah he always wanted to get He's killed some good typical bucks, but never a non-typical with his bow. So he was really sad that he ended up shooting the wrong buck, which don't get me wrong was still a a, a beautiful archery buck. So, anyways, he uh, he got that, and I didn't have any luck that that day. And I ended up hunting. Man, I ended up hunting hard for like. Oh, two weeks at least. Just just pounding the areas that we'd seen different bugs and going from place to place. And I had yeah. a few few close encounters, but uh, nothing ever happened. And and Houston had went home to take care of the deer and everything, and had to go back to work and do some stuff. And then he came back up. Um, he came back up for a weekend. uh, towards that just to help me out and we got in the area where we'd seen this this non-typical um actually actually the man again I can't remember it I don't know if it was he stayed a day or two after after he shot his buck um so there was one evening that I hiked in where he had seen the non-typical the buck I ended up getting Uh I hiked in there to where he had seen it um one evening and as I was going in there he there was kind of a, a group of trees where he figured that they were kind of coming in and out of to come into this burn area yeah and we I got hiking in there and he was over on the other side glassing and uh I walked in this area and, and I was a half hour late. I peeked up over the ridge and the deer had already come out right where he figured they would. Nuh-uh. Yeah. So I was. We, we just we just went in too late. They'd already come out to do kind of their evening or afternoon feeding, I guess. But anyways, I popped up over this ridge, and sure enough, there was that buck. He popped his head up and looked right at me. He was he was in full velvet, and, and this is the buck I ended up getting. But he yeah. looked right at me and I ranged him and uh, was just trying to get ready to shoot. And he'd already knew the gig was up and I was, I was spotted and he turned and ran away. And as he turned (laughs) and ran away, I was like, Oh man, that is, that is a big buck. (laughs) He looked looked a lot bigger in person than uh, he did. And Houston got some like phone scope video of him that first time he saw him from a ways off. Okay. he looked really good then but after I saw him in person at, at a fairly close range and he turned and ran away I was like oh man
0: you are like That's I got to kill this buck
1: I got to try and get him <laughs> so but he he ran he ran ran away and I went back in there several times and I'd run into some other hunters in there hunting too and and uh, the area where they were was other people had seen him. Had would camera pictures of him and were hunting, too. So it was kind of a popular spot. Okay. So so then fast forwards. I don't know, eight to ten days, Houston ends up going home for a while to work for a week, and, and I'm still hunting. I have a few close encounters and and different things. With the and same
0: then, with the buck you killed, or with other actually,
1: bucks? no, not with the buck I killed, but with another buck that he hung out he hung out with.
0: Okay. Um, I actually,
1: I actually learned quite a bit about this area where they hung out, and I'm excited to hopefully draw a tag again in the near future to be able to to go into this specific area and uh, put into play some of the things I learned about where they go and what they do in some of these different ridges. Um I think yeah. it's a place that a, a guy could really give himself some good opportunities in years to come if they if they stay there, you know. Right. Yeah. But yeah, one one morning I walked in there uh where this buck was and uh spotted two other bucks that were shooters, you know, no doubt shooters. One was one was kind of a good non-typical, and the other one was a big typical. And I got in there by myself one morning, sneaking around, and and was able to get a shot off at uh, kind of a, a gnarly, heavy non-typical. one. not as not as probably didn't score as good as the one I got, but was just as impressive. Just a big, didn't have a frame or anything, but like a big three-point frame with a couple of cheaters and just gnarly stuff. Yeah, and uh. Just the buck. I mean, who cares about the score? He just, he just was
0: big. Yeah.
1: And uh, I snuck in there and and got a shot off at him, and I still don't know what happened, but I I missed. I mean, my arrow was pegged twenty yards behind him in a tree. But uh, so that area was it was promising. Every time I went in there, I seen. I seen a good buck, so it was exciting to go in there and try your luck every every morning and every afternoon, and most yeah. of the time you just see him see him running away. you know it was hard to get close <laughs> to
0: yeah but when there's good bucks in there that makes it fun,
1: yeah, for sure, so
0: had several several not I wouldn't say close
1: encounters but several opportunities where I had chances to make a play on something and I'd end up screwing something up making too much noise or moving too fast or just you know they're always one step ahead of you it seemed like
0: <laughs> yeah
1: but so the the morning the morning I killed this buck like I said Houston came back up for a weekend um or for a couple days, it might have been the first part of a week, I can't remember specifically which day it was, but anyways, we uh, we hooked up, camped out there that night, the next morning we went into this area, and I came, so we had we had kind of a plan, you know, gave him a radio, I had a radio, he was going to go glass
0: a point, yeah. and
1: I was going to in from the south end, and uh, see if we could make a play on something, and so he drops me off and goes back around to the north where we had kind of set up where he was going to kind of glass and I was going to try and just go pussyfoot around and do some still hunting and seeing if I see if I could just you know get lucky or whatever.
0: Uh huh.
1: Um. Anyways, he gets he parks off the little logging road and walks like 50 yards and sure enough, there's the bucks. There's like four bucks. And this non-typical is with him. No way. Yeah, and just he's, right there. hes like, yeah, just right there. He's like 120 yards away from him, and I'm like half a mile away.
0: <laughs> so what do you do?
1: <laughs> right? What do you do? So he's like, he's like, I I got the bucks. They're 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 right here. They're feeding over this ridge uh to the west and I'm thinking okay if I if I hustle if I drop down in this draw and kind of run over there as fast as I can and jog and then once I get there be quiet maybe maybe I can beat them maybe I can beat them on the back side of the ridge that they're going over if they keep going the direction he's saying Oh, okay so because there you know I obviously didn't want him to just Leave them to try and come back and get me, and then go back because then you,
0: you know, yeah, they, never they, you don't know again. where
1: they're at. You don't know which direction they go or whatever. So I'm like, all right, I will try my best to get over there. And uh, so I start, I start heading that direction as as fast and as quietly as I can to try and not scare other deer that are around, you know.
0: Uh huh.
1: And I get, I get up over. I get up where I think they're going to be be coming out. And he's like, they're just topping the ridge. I'm going to lose sight of them. And, and right when he says that, I, I see the buck. No. Yeah. So, and I, I hadn't made it, I hadn't made it quite far enough. He was still out there 120 plus yards away and I'm ranging him. I'm like, Oh man. And it looks like he's just going to feed Away from me and my, you know, I just again was ten minutes late. Yeah. So he starts feeding over the ridge, and uh, the sun the sun has come up pretty good now, and the sun's beating on him. And then all of a sudden, for some unknown reason, I don't know why, he's he does a complete, almost a one eighty, and turns.
0: No and way. Start
1: in my direction.
0: Holy crap!
1: And I'm like, oh man. I'm like, okay, this. I might have a chance. This, this and this is going down quick because he's the sun's up on him, and they're they're starting to just make their way to their bedding area. You know, they're uh-huh. not feeding, or milling around, or doing anything. It's like he just says, all right. Looks to his left and says, I'm going this direction to go lay down over here. So I'd ranged him at 120, and he starts coming toward me. It's 120, 110, 105, 100, 95, 90. And he's he's just he's not trotting, but he's on just kind of one of those fast walks where they're not even not even looking anywhere. They're just headed in a direction. Yeah, he's just trying to get to the trees. He's just trying to get to the tree line, and uh, so I'm I'm trying to range and thinking that man maybe he's maybe he's just never going to stop I'm going to have to shoot him as he like walks by me or something and I didn't want to (laughs) make him aware of my presence either you know I've had a lot of times you do that to whistle at him or do something and have him stop and look at you then they bolt you know they don't even you know they see you pull back and boom they're gone and you know it's just you, you never know what to do and most of the time when you do what you think you ought to do it's the wrong thing (laughs)
0: <laughs> right
1: so anyways i'm ranging him and he, he comes he, he's coming like quartering towards me and my last range that i got on him was was like 71 yards and right then he, he must have come to like kind of a little Y in the trail or whatever because right then he turned and started quartering away from me and i thought well it's it's now or never so I yeah. i just pulled back and i remember my last range was like 71 yards i pulled back and Held what I feared was seventy five or so and and touched it off, and you know let him a little bit and right and uh that arrow zipped right through him just pretty quick but it it hit him it hit him far back and he he humped up and jumped up and then it was immediately immediately he was he was sick uh, yeah like like a gut shot he just hunched up and arched his back and then just he he hardly didn't even ran run he you know he might have ran 10, 15 yards at the most and then he immediately just stopped and was just like ooh something doesn't feel good you know
0: right yeah so
1: at that time at that time i i watched him as far as i could see him go until he went out of sight on the ridge line from me okay and i. And, uh, so he was out of my sight at that time.
0: And he's still sick. And he, as far he's as you sick. Can see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's, he's sick. He's not running. The other bucks, the other bucks just kind of ran off. Oh, okay. So he's kind of, he's, he's by himself. Just, just sick was the last place that I saw him. So I got a hold of, got a hold of Houston on the radio. And, uh, I'm like, Hey, I, he came over and came, told him what happened. I said, "I hit him. I need you to try and run down and get on the opposite ridge to see if you can find him, to see if he can glass him up, so I could have somebody with eyes on him." Because I didn't want to pressure him, I didn't want to go down off the ridge and scare him, even you know, have him do yeah. something. So I wanted him to get over on the opposite ridge and see if he could, if he could glass him up or find him or, or anything, and. Amazingly enough, he you know, he bolted I could hear him panting when he got back with me on the radio, but he ran <laughs> his guts out to get over on the around the other side and get on that other ridge where you could glass up underneath where I was. Yeah. And he 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 found him immediately found him laying down.
0: No way. So he's yep. laying he's stopped, he's laying down
1: now. Yep. He stopped and laying down and I was like, Oh, Good. All right. I'm glad you got eyes on him. I'm like, just stay on him. And he was, he was in, he laid down in an area where I couldn't see him and he was kind of around on the face of the ridge to where Houston could barely see him. But if he was to get up and walk South, like 60 yards, then he would be outside of Houston. Oh, okay. So, but he's, he's laying down and, and uh, so I, So I'm fearing the worst. I'm thinking, okay, I've I've gut shot him, and he's just going to lay here for eight hours or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I definitely didn't want to jump him up again because I've had experiences where you do that, and they get up and run, and then a rainstorm will come in that afternoon, and you lose everything. Right. So as long as somebody could see him, I was like, I'll just, I'll just wait right here. I'll just bake in the sun until we can until we see if we see if he puts his head down. Just going to I was just going to give him a couple hours to see how he plays out. Just yeah, you got happens.
0: eyes on him. You don't want to ruin. Yep, everything. got eyes on him. Don't want to screw it up.
1: So at that time, um, I just I just back up a little bit. Get get up off of the the top of the ridge line and, and down to where if he happens to get up or something that hopefully he doesn't see me, but I just back off a little bit. Houston keeps his eyes on him and they're just kind of waiting. And in the meantime, uh, Houston keeps saying if he, if he gets back up and goes the direction he was kind of headed, it looked like he was going to be out of sight of Houston.
0: Oh, okay. So,
1: at that time, I pull out my cell phone thinking that maybe I have service. I can call in an, another buddy or somebody to come in, and get on the opposite ridge line, kind of get in a triangular setup where Houston is, I am, and then, then he can get up on this other ridge and glass if he goes around the way where Houston can't see him. Yeah. So I call, I call my buddy Brian who's at home. Uh he was actually going to come out and hunt with us that, or just be with us that morning, but I, I can't remember what happened. But anyways, I had service, and I texted him. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. I'm like, I just hit a big buck. I need you to get out here and get on this other side of the ridge. He's laying down, but he, if he gets up and moves a little bit, then Houston's going to lose him, and I'm not going to be able to see him either. So I'm like, you got to get here as soon as you can. He's like, I'm on my way.
0: <laughs> That's a good friend. Yeah.
1: Yeah, great friend. So I'm like, All right, so I uh give him uh Houston's location and I'm like, You gotta get to where Houston is, hook up with him, he'll show you where the buck is and then you're gonna have to hoof it around, you know, maybe make a quarter mile jog to come up around this other ridge ridge line to get to where you can see him if he makes a move yeah and so he's like all right so he's it's going to be an hour before he gets out there okay so i get i get with houston and tell him that hey brian's coming out we're going to just sit on him until he gets here and see what happens so we're waiting and houston's keeping an eye on him and and i'm trying to i'm trying to get a, a sense of how far the buck is away from me down the ridge line and so I, I'm, like, ranging big, tall ponderosa trees that I can see out there a few hundred yards or whatever. And uh-huh. I get with Houston, I'm like, okay, can you see this pine tree? It's, like, it's like not burned, and it's got these limbs and this. And, and we're trying to triangulate and see, take a guess of how far away I am from you. And at this right. time, Houston, Houston can see me and the buck at the same time. I mean, not in the same field of view, but he can he can see me and he can see the buck.
0: And he's okay. guessing
1: that I'm within – he's guessing I'm within 80 yards.
0: Oh, wow. So you stop to be, like, quiet. Like, you're – Yeah, I still okay. happen
1: to be – yeah,
0: I'm still, like, being super quiet.
1: And to me, I'm thinking, you know, the way he's describing it and the way it looks from here in the range in this tree, I'm thinking – I'm a
0: hundred yards or so away, but it, okay. it,
1: anyways, the buck's not far
0: away. Right, you're you're right in there.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm there. If he if he if he gets up before Brian gets there, I I might be able to make a play or something. So anyways, uh, Houston's still watching. Then then he gets with me on the radio, and he's like, he's up, he's up, he's up. He's walking, he's walking. I'm going to lose sight of him. And I'm like, oh, man, oh, man, what am I going to do? And, and Brian's not there yet, you know. And so I tiptoe up and I get on this, this burnt tree that has fallen over. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Houston's like, he's going to the south. If you can get over there, you might be able to see him. And uh, so I get up on this log and I walk down it towards his direction and I see him. And he's, he's up and he's moving. Oh no! And I'm like, oh man, this is, and and he's not very far away from getting into some deep dark timber. How how close are you at this point? At this point, I'm I'm, uh, if I remember right, I'm like eighty to ninety yards. Okay. And so I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna have to just, uh, obviously, I need to get another arrow in him because he's up and he's moving again. Yeah. So, anyways, I I'm I'm sitting here watching him and i'm just glassing on thinking okay if he if he comes over this i'm i'm just watching to see what kind of move he makes um, cuz there's a chance that if he keeps following the ridge line he might come closer to me if he keeps working the way he's working and then all of a sudden he he, he stops he stops right right in the dead of the sunlight too not no shade or anything and he lays down. Oh man. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh man. And and it's not, you know I'm not gonna take a shot there at him laying down at that far and so I I kinda I kinda back up to where I can get back in kind of communication with, with Houston and try and be really quiet. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, okay. I saw him, Houston. He laid down. He's like, yeah, I can. He could still barely see him, too. Houston could still barely see him. Okay. So I'm like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna back up and just keep an eye on him again. We're going back to our plan. Wait for Brian to get there, to where he can come over on the ridge, and and just so we don't lose him. And so we're we're waiting there, and and I I keep peeking that down this. I got this. Log that I can walk on that I can be really quiet with, okay?
0: Uh-huh. I,
1: I, I walk down it about, you know, seven or eight yards, and I can glass him. I walk back out, and and then I can glass him. And so, anyways, I got out there a ways, and I, I'm just glassing just to keep an eye. And I see his head go down, like, hits the ground. And then he'll come up. Oh, then okay. So his head comes up, and then it goes down again. Comes up, goes down. I'm like, oh, he's he's going down, you know, is what I'm saying. Uh-huh. He's, he's going down. So I get a hold of Houston. I'm like, I am going to just go one step at a time, really, really slow. Keep an eye on him. I'm just going to go slow as I can to get closer and closer because I think he's going down. And I'm going to get in a spot where I feel like if he happens to stand up I'm comfortable with the shot, so I try okay. to maneuver myself to get into a position where, if he happens to stand up again before Brian's able to get here i can I can get another shot off. so I start doing that. I start going just a i mean just as quiet as can be, just like you know maybe getting three yards in a minute, just slowly, slowly, slowly. I'll go, and I'll stop him glassing, and his head's down, but I can see he's still breathing, you know, uh-huh. So I end up inching my way to if I, if I remember right, I'm inch, I've inched my way to like 53 yards, where it looks like I, if he stands up, I could get a good shot. Yeah, and so I'm sitting there looking at him, and I'm like, man, he he really hasn't moved for a while." So I'm sitting there looking, keep looking and and I get with Houston and I'm like, I don't I'm not seeing any movement at all. And he's like, I haven't seen any either. So I'm thinking I'm <laughs> thinking maybe he's maybe he's dead, you know. Yeah. Because he's laying he's he's in the sun and his head's down. So I'm like, I'm gonna just keep I'm just gonna keep going closer. Keep going closer, keep going closer. So I just kept sneaking, kept sneaking closer and closer and closer. I got to within 25 yards and I sat down and I just, I was just looking for any kind yeah. of movement or anything, you know. And uh, at this time, unbeknownst to me, because I think when I was at 55 yards, I told, uh, I think. I think I uh got a hold of uh Houston and said I'm 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 going in. Um don't don't try and get a hold of me. Yeah. And um uh, so unbeknownst to me, Brian had made it to Houston and I'm like twenty five yards away. <laughs> oh, so Brian, no. the story goes, Brian walks up to Houston and, and Houston's Houston's just glued on the buck. And uh, he's like, Jeremy's right there somewhere. He was right behind that tree. He's there somewhere. And uh, so Brian's looking, and, and then all of a sudden Bri- the story goes, Brian says, oh, he's pulling back. So anyways, back to me, uh-huh. 25 yards away, I'm looking at the buck, and he's laying down. And I got my binoculars on him, and I can still see him breathing. Oh, cool. I can see his chest moving. Ever so slightly, and I'm like, yeah. "Okay, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put an assurance arrow in him right here, 25 yeah. yards. I can, I can make the shot. I can put it right in the heart." So I get set up, pull back, let it fly, and that arrow just it sinks him right where I was aiming, and the uh, the buck jumps up, does his death run for about 20 yards, and piles up.
0: Oh, so he was still he was still had a little bit of life in oh, him yeah. if he got he
1: it. still had some life in him, for sure. For sure. But that, that second arrow it went in it went in the lungs, the heart, it, it got everything. But what was what was funny is it happened right when and I'm glad it happened this way, Brian shows up and Houston's like, The deer's right here, Jeremy's right there somewhere and so Brian puts his glasses up for the first time, like, Oh, there's the deer there's Jeremy. He's pulling back. He just got old Buck down.
0: <laughs> That's the way to do it. Show up right on yeah. time. For the...
1: <laughs> yeah. He showed up right on time. So it was, uh, it was cool. It was cool. So I, I, after that shot, I, you know, I, I watched him go down and, and then just walked right over to him and, and, uh, that was that was exciting that was fun i'm glad both of those guys were there to to see it and help me out and everything it was a it was a fun time yeah that's pretty a, awesome houston, to have your houston buck. was a houston was a little a little bitter simply because it was a buck that he found and that he wanted really bad cuz he wanted a big non typical and
0: yeah and, uh,
1: so i felt a little sheepish about that but i was definitely not going to pass him up
0: Oh yeah. So how big did he end up being? So he's just over two hundred inches and he was
1: counting his eye guards is it eight by eight and he was like thirty one inches wide.
0: <laughs> That's just an awesome buck. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a solid deer. I wish so that, what was, you know, I, Go I wish he
1: was in velvet. He'd, he'd barely stripped off all of his velvet probably the day or two before.
0: Yeah, because I saw um, you posted on your Instagram. You had velvet video of him, And then yep. it looked like you killed him in the hard horn. So yep. that, that's crazy. Yeah, he'd stripped it all off. Just a day late for much. A day late,
1: uh, day, day late but uh, no, it was... It was a fun hunt, and I like I was telling you before. I learned a lot about this specific area that I'm really excited to go back into, even if it's not hunting. Just to go back in and and try and do some photography this summer to see if uh, see if those bucks are still hanging around in there and kind of doing the similar things because I think it's going to be a good opportunity to find some a uh, good photo opportunities. I think get in there and yeah. and. Uh, mess around and see what happens. I always, I love finding new areas and finding, finding uh, it kind of, it's not like those bucks out there really have any type of patterns, but just being able to find out where they, where they come and go a majority of the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like there's some good bucks in there. So that would yeah, be, be cool to see what you turned out.
1: Bucks. There were some great bucks. I'm hoping to see a few of them this summer. And again, like I said, I, I anticipate them either being about the same size or a little smaller than last year just because of the drought. Yeah,
0: for sure. So a couple things I wanted to, I guess it kind of went with that story. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about kind of like finding big bucks and maybe like how you keep it secret. Cause like sometimes you find a big buck, like uh, I don't know if you care if I say this, but I think you found a pretty big buck on the Kayabab uh, a few years ago. And then it kind of got out and the governor tag came in and killed it. So like, what, what's some tips to keeping it secret <laughs> or finding a buck and wow. keeping it? <laughs>
1: I don't know. If there's, I don't know if there's any tips to keeping stuff secret anymore. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it. Um, gosh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good question. It seems like everybody knows about a big buck. If, you're, if so, there's a big
0: one somewhere. So the opposite, let's say, I mean, I don't know if this makes sense, but like you hear a rumor of a big buck, how do you go about finding it? Like even if it's for photography, like because it oh, seems I, like you're I chase, on the biggest bucks. Okay,
1: yeah, I chase rumors a lot with my camera, a lot. Uh huh. Chase a lot of rumors, and I find out that most of the rumors are just that—they're rumors. Really? Yeah, and if it's a uh, 200 inch buck it's likely a 180 inch buck Uh, yeah i've i've chased a lot of i've chased a lot of rumors where there's some big bucks so okay let's say i hear about a rumor of a big buck or somebody's like hey you need to go get pictures of this buck first off it's like okay who's who's the source who's telling me do they know do they know what a big buck is do you know what i mean
0: right (laughs) yeah
1: so you know there's there's people that are reliable and then there's people that are like okay it it could be big but I don't know I, I try to follow up on them all but that I can and sometimes I get lucky and do find the big buck and it is a big buck but a lot of times I'll find it and show them a picture of it and they're like yeah that's it I thought he was <laughs> a
0: lot bigger than that yeah <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense because How many times do you hear someone say, oh, there's a 220 buck over there? But then it seems like it's pretty common to hear that. But then how many 220 bucks have you actually seen? Right,
1: Right. yeah. So uh, honestly, I don't put a lot of stock into rumored big bucks. Unless somebody shows me a picture or a trail camera picture of one, then that's when I might, you know, decide it might be worth spending time trying to get a photo of it. Yeah. So there's been, there's been a lot of wasted of time on rumors. <laughs> yeah.
0: Man. So, yeah, that's, I'm sure <laughs> it's so hard, too, because I've had it the opposite, too. Like, someone who shouldn't know what a big buck is says, oh, there's a big buck over here, and it's a stupid spot. Then it ends up being a giant that I wish I would have yeah. <laughs> checked out. Yeah.
1: It's yeah, hard to tell. It goes both ways, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And then another thing that um, about this story with your buck too that I think you're pretty knowledgeable on. I remember reading a story in Muley Crazy, and we talked a little before we started recording. <laughs> it ended up being quite a while ago, so I don't know if you actually remember. But um, so, like, when you shot your buck, it hunched up. You knew that that meant it was sick, and it, it would take a little bit probably yeah. for it to die. Would yeah, you give so, us some tips and different tactics on blood trailing and stuff?
1: Well, I guess some of the things that I've I've learned through experience is is how the deer acts after you hit it is really quite telling. If you can't if you can't see where the arrow went or or if you don't have a clue, like the buck I got last year, like the story, it, it hunched up and was sick. So I knew it was a I knew it was a gut shot or a liver shot and it ended up being a, a liver shot. And so okay. he was he was he was gonna die within four or five hours at the most, you know. Right. Um but the way he acted I knew, you know, he didn't do um kinda like I guess we call it the i've always called it the death run where they you know like if you've you center punch one right through the lungs or their heart or something it's like they do back legs kick out and they do a death run that's you know they're going mock whatever for 120 yards or so and then they pile up
0: yeah um, so the the kick is a telltale sign of that right well,
1: I think the the kick the kick is more of a telltale sign of a hit. Oh, okay. Any any type of hit. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's a telltale sign of a a mortal wound by any means. You know, I've uh-huh. I've seen this that that you that you graze, you know, some that you might you know, glance an arrow off its back and it'll do the kick. Oh, okay. I wouldn't put a lot of stock in just to the Back legs kicking up. Kick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and other guys may have had different experiences there, but but I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that. But a lot of times, if you the the death run is what I call it. But I I've had I've had experiences too where you you smoke one and it looks like he's doing the death run and they run for ever. <laughs> and then yeah. somebody shoots him. Somebody shoots him on the rifle hunt three months later. So, oh really?
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: so I think uh as far as like the track one, obviously, you know, you want to you wanna look at your arrow, see what it see what it looks like if you got some a, a lot of times if you get a lung hit you can you can generally tell if you've got a lung with some you see kind of that frothy blood with bubbles and it's it's not uh you get kind of more of a lightest lightest light lighter color blood okay uh, and then you know obviously if you get like a gut shot you have green slime and food and nastiness stinks uh-huh. um if you get a lot of dark dark red blood that's always to me been kind of concerning um it seems like that might lend to more of like just a just a muscle, a muscle hit. Sometimes you'll see arrows with some like fat and meat on them. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I've had some where it's like fat and meat, and it's it's a shot that I think is not in the body cavity, more of kind of. Oh okay i don't know brisket area perhaps
0: or okay
1: top of the back um i don't know archery archery hunting can be awesome but it uh, can also be very uh very frustrating when you're not sure exactly what happened
0: (laughs) yeah for sure so yeah i think those are some good like tips to refer back to though just uh, some of the things he said, the reaction after the shot, and how the blood looks, and different things. And then yeah, because there's. Oh okay, go ahead. Sorry, I keep cutting. I'm just
1: gonna say there's there's
0: times. I mean, I've
1: been on several where it's like, shoot, you you hit him, and you just see the blood just gushing out of him, you know. Uh huh. And it's you know you just walk right up on them and there's just blood spurting everywhere and they're dead within you know 12 13 15 seconds of after the arrow going through them and then there's there's been times where you hit them and you you think you've i mean i've had i've had several bucks that i've punched through both lungs and it it took a while to find them because they just did that death run for even if it was 30 or 40 seconds they cover a lot of ground. Yeah. Around yeah. When they're
0: booking that
1: so it's Yeah. It seems like you can learn something different from every every tracking job, but I mean if there's anything I can say as far as like after you hit one and you're tracking it is depending on the reaction of the buck and where you think you hit it
0: uh-huh. give it
1: some time. Give it some time. Be patient. And then once you get on the track, just go nice and slow and just just don't go any further until you find some blood or or a track that you know is it. You know what I mean? There's uh um, yeah. there's been lots of lots of times where well a buck my boy got last year too was uh uh-huh. he he hit it really good but it was in some thick area and it was it was running downhill after he hit it and making long jumps you know and we really yeah. weren't finding we really weren't finding a lot of blood um cuz he hit it a little high in the lungs and so it was just mostly just kind of filling up his body cavity but we just followed his tracks as best we could and we were finding little bits of blood and 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 we ended up basically coming to the buck that was he was dead but it was through
0: his tracks, almost through his running, jumping tracks. Gee, so you you par- barely picked up any blood; just drops because it was a high lung shot, and then that... yeah, it was kind of high lung shot, and the buck was running
1: downhill. I mean, I'm sure there's blood right. there that we just didn't see. You know, if we used to go back and and look really really close, but we gave the buck. Oh, he probably gave him. a a good hour before we started tracking and we just once once we got on his track you know we were finding little little bits of blood just to help us know that we were right on the right track but he wasn't bleeding like you see some deer bleed
0: yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense i think that's some some really good information too that you just shared i think uh that's often overlooked i mean it's maybe something you don't practice all the time, but you've been around so many bucks that <laughs> you've kind of learned what different things mean after the, after the shot. So I appreciate you yeah. sharing that. And then I, I know, I know it's I've got you on for a while, so I don't want to take up too much more time, but um, I mean, you've been consistent with killing big bucks, like <laughs> almost every single year. I mean, I, I remember I went and did the, uh the video interview that's on YouTube with you, and your wall's just full of big bucks, and you've even killed three or four since then um yeah. what do you feel like sets you apart from like the average hunter like what is there anything or a number of things that maybe you're doing that the uh, the other people aren't how you're so successful I guess um
1: well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a lot of it is probably just experience. I mean I spend a lot of time out there taking pictures of deer. Mhm. So I have a lot of probably experience with with like close encounters, like knowing their behavior a little bit, getting a sense of oh man, he just He's looking in a different direction. Something else is happening. You know, just just learning yeah. about their different behaviors and what they're going to do and what they'll allow and what they won't allow. Um, I guess that experience would help me, I would say, give me a little bit of an advantage of, of kind of being able to predict predict behavior and future movements, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that, that does.
1: Um, knowing, knowing what, or anticipate what may, they may do. Um, if that helps me kill more big bucks, I don't know, maybe that helps me get better pictures. but as far (laughs) as like killing them, Uh obviously just being in an area where, you know, there's a big bug, you know, having one scouted out beforehand, um, I'm going to say a, a couple of things and I discussed this with a, with another gentleman the other day is, is having learned patience, knowing when to push the envelope, knowing when not to, uh, okay. I think that would, that would definitely, definitely has helped me. Um, the other one too, I think as far as archery hunting, I mean, you always hear about people missing big bucks, right? I got a shot at this buck and I missed. I got a shot at this buck and I missed. That's one of the main reasons why I picked up archery hunting at such a young age is because you were having big buck encounters. Yeah. And so I would attribute most of my success to being uh, confident in my archery equipment and knowing I can make the shot. Um would be i mean that, that's that's huge i i remember opening morning my first year ever bow hunting i was 14 years old and uh-huh. well opening weekend i missed 16 times and i was shooting at anything i could anything with horns yeah so i missed 16 times and that <laughs> ate at me and ate at me and ate at me so i thought i'm not going to miss Anymore. I don't want to miss. I don't want to ever miss again. Yeah. So I became religious of practice, and I would go hunt jackrabbits every chance I got, just uh-huh. hunting with my bow. And so that's, that's going to be probably, in the past, maybe set me apart from other people's success, is just being able to make the shot. Because there, there was, there was years there where, I mean, I did, I did really good. I didn't miss a deer for, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years maybe. It was just one shot <laughs> done.
0: That's was really just,
1: impressive. I was good. I am not good anymore. I was, just, <laughs> I was actually shooting. I'm like, oh my gosh, old age just catching up with me. I can't see my sights at all anymore. I'm blind and. I don't know where this arrow's going, but I would say having confidence in your equipment and also confidence in yourself, being able to make the shot,
0: is is huge. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a really good point because I mean it's so true. Like how many people have been like, "Oh, I I got on this big buck, I had him, I just I couldn't make it happen." I mean, it's happened to me it's I mean, I've got my brother who's not into hunting, he drew a pretty good tag, and that same thing happened like we had some seriously big bucks in front of him, but he just couldn't make the shot, so <laughs> I think that's what <laughs> I think that's a good point, so yeah, yeah, it
1: definitely definitely shooting your ball and becoming familiar with it and and practicing. All the time. I mean, not just picking up the bow a month before the hunt. I mean, shoot year round, and yeah, just just get good because you. I think I think most guys when they archery hunt, they get a chance. They they get a shot at something. It seems like so. Yeah, you just got to make that shot count. That's, but, that's true. It's archery hunting. I mean, last year I missed I missed a buck that was a good one and I don't know what happened, but I missed him. I flat missed, so it,
0: it happened. It happened? <laughs> yeah, it happened. Well, I I think those are some really good, I think you shared some really good tips on there and I think you could learn a lot from listening to this what, what you said and you obviously have the The track record to kind of back up what you've been saying obviously what you're doing is working pretty pretty good so i appreciate you taking the time to get on and share the stories with us and some tips and tactics i appreciate it
1: yeah you bet